Welcome to another conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. There's a lot to manage in planning for retirement. You need to get your finances right, and you need to create a direction for your new life in retirement. But there's a key aspect that sometimes people put off or don't think or prepare enough about. That's getting older. Today, we'll turn our attention to that. If we're lucky enough to be getting older, today, we'll get smarter about it. Internationally recognized in the field of geriatrics, Dr. Roseanne Leipzig is a trailblazer in transforming the way we approach aging, individually and as a society. In her 40-plus year career, she has treated thousands of patients and trains hundreds of doctors and practitioners in all specialties of medicine. She is the Gerald and May Ellen Ritter Professor and Vice Chair Emerita of the Brookdale Department of Geriatrics and Palliative Medicine at the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City. Her new book, Honest Aging, An Insider's Guide to the Second Half of Life, was published this year by Johns Hopkins University Press. And it describes what to expect physically, psychologically, functionally, and emotionally as you age, and what you can do to adapt to your new normal. Dr. Leipzig's lifelong commitment to older adults began with her grandmother who lived with her family for eight years after developing cancer, yet decided at age 75 she wanted to be on her own again. So she got an apartment where her closest friends lived and taught her how no matter how old you are or where you are living, there are ways to have an engaged and meaningful life. She also taught her to be open and flexible as things change in life. During her career, she's received numerous awards. She's been repeatedly named as one of the best doctors in America, America's top physicians, a New York Times super doc, and one of New York Magazine's top doctors for geriatric medicine. You may have seen her in the Today Show, CBS Evening News, CBS Sunday Morning, CNN, and she's been published in Time, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Consumer Reports, and American Medical News, among others. Thanks so much for making the time to talk with us today. My pleasure. So what are some of the common misconceptions about aging? Oh, there are a lot. I think the first one is if you live long enough, everything terrible will happen to you. You will develop dementia. You become very frail. You will be unable to take care of yourself. And that's really not true. You know, the studies that have looked at this basically say that about 75% of people say their health is good or excellent when they are 85 and older. About 65% are not living with dementia. And so it's really, you've got a good chance of having, being healthy and having a good old life. Another thing is that sense that as people age, they get gloomy or they get depressed, sad, irritable, nasty, all of that, the grumpy old men type of thing. And again, there's no truth to that. And in fact, older people do better from a mental health point of view. There's less depression than in younger people, okay? There's something called the paradox of aging. And even though you have all of these losses occurring in all sorts of different areas of their life, of your life, and I'm, you know, I'm not minimizing that in any way, your ability to deal with it changes. And can you get angry? Oh, yeah. Can you get really angry? Yeah. But you can control it more. It doesn't happen as often, and it's over quicker. And I guess the last one I would mention is that old people don't have sex. And that's not true. You're less likely to have sex, but you're also less likely to have a partner. 
which has something to do with it. So it depends on how you're defining sex. Basically, if you liked sex and it was an important part of your life when you were younger, it can be an important part of your life as you're older. You may need to make some adaptations. You may need more physical stimulation than you had before, but it's still happening. A lot of good news to start off with. So what are the key things you'd recommend that people who are now in their 50s and 60s do that they will wish they did when they're in their 80s and beyond? I think the first thing is to start an exercise routine of some sort. It's the magic bullet for aging. It helps with sleep. It helps with mood. It helps with so many different things. So it doesn't have to be a big deal, but start making the habit when you're middle-aged makes it much more likely you'll continue it when you get older. And along with that is making sure you stay well hydrated. And as people get older, they tend to run dry for a number of reasons, like the way the kidneys work, a few other things in the body, and you lose your sense of thirst. So having a habit of having several glasses of water a day or a fluid a day is really important. And a study came out recently suggesting that if you're well hydrated in your middle years, you will have a longer, better life. We'll see if that turns out to be true. Immerse yourself in multi-generational communities. It's, you really need to have people in your life of all generations find a role model or two of older people who've done it the way you would like to do it. And start thinking about, and I think that's what this podcast is all about, what your old age will be like. And I don't mean just financially. The other thing I would say is start reconsidering what the term independence means. We think of teenagers, they want to be independent. That means they want to be away from their parents. They don't want to have anything to do with anybody. As you get older, I think independence means having the ability to do the things you really want to do, whatever it takes to get there. So I'm 72. I got hearing aids at 60. And boy, am I happy because they allow me to participate in conversations that I was not participating in before. And, you know, I had great nieces saying to me, I don't think you heard that. And that I think made me feel much, quote unquote, older than I am and than I feel. So I think those are, and stay flexible, all right? We can get very, very rigid, and that can happen in our 20s, okay? But as you get older, you have, we never have a lot of control over what happens, but we think we do. As you get older, you have less. And if you're flexible, you can figure out creative ways to deal with what comes your way and have a meaningful and engaging life. So flexibility is so important. How can people cultivate a positive mindset about aging that can help us be adaptable? Well, I think the first thing is to recognize that if we're lucky, we're all going to get old. Okay. And so all of this negative press that we have about older people is really being prejudiced about our future selves. We're going to have to live with that. And there's a lot of data that shows that if you have a negative image of aging, then you will not do as well in your old age, okay? You won't do as well on hearing tests. You won't do as well on memory tests. And you certainly won't let yourself try new things as often. So I think that's the first thing. I'm sure you've talked about ageism and how rampant it is in our society. And I think really opening ourselves up to recognize this is just another stage of life, okay? You know, you went through your childhood, you went through your adolescence, 
your adulthood. Now you're an older adult. And at some point you're going to be old or elderly, whatever word you like. Okay. But it doesn't mean you have to stop. And I have had patients who have stopped and it is a horrible thing to see. Okay. They just, you know, they could have done so much more for 20 more years and they just called it quits. And I have other patients who say, my life began at 80. I discovered match.com. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had a whole different life after that. So I think it's really recognizing the self-fulfilling prophecy that's in there and also standing up and resisting ageism wherever you see it. So what are some modifiable factors and behaviors that can impact cognitive health? Well, the one that people are beginning to realize is hearing. And the data are not 100% in, but it really looks like people who have poor hearing are more likely to develop dementia. And it may be that by using hearing aids, you decrease that likelihood. And one of the things is that you can't remember anything that doesn't get into your brain. So if you can't hear it, you can't see it, you can't feel it, taste it, touch it, whatever, you're not going to make a memory. So that's just one way that hearing is very helpful. Sleep is another thing that has been overrated forever. People are very proud that they get by on three hours of sleep or whatever it is. It really is very important. There's something that just came out last week about heart health and sleep, but it's even for your memories, you consolidate memories during sleep so that you remember better. I learned this during medical school when I suddenly realized that if I studied something right before I went to sleep, I was much more likely to have it in the morning. You know, I retained it. So I think we need to realize that sleep is a time for us to really recharge. And it's really important. Multitasking. So we live in a world where we're supposed to be multitasking all the time. And I don't think anybody does it really well. I'll be very honest about that. Okay. But when you get older, it becomes much harder to multitask. So just stay on point. Do what you're trying to do and try not to have some sort of a time limit because we do worse when there's a time limit. Heart health is brain health. So everything you do to keep your heart healthy, whether it's exercise, cholesterol, if that's appropriate for you, your blood pressure, your diet, a healthy diet, all of that will help you and help your brain as you get older. Use it or lose it is true. There's no question. Whatever it is you like to do, but use it. And the other thing that we're starting to understand just how important it is, is socializing. So the pandemic taught us a lot, unfortunately. And the studies that are coming out now suggest that people who are lonely or people who are alone, and they're different, okay? Lonely are people who would like to have more contact. All of those people, it's a risk factor for your life expectancy that's as great as your heart health, okay? Or whether you smoke or whether you're obese, okay? So all of those, I think, are things that people can do that will help with their cognitive health. You mentioned sleep before, and that makes me think of energy. <laughs> what generally, and that's because I'm running a little low today, I've been tracking my sleep, it's been helpful. But last night, the Celtics played the Knicks in double overtime. So I stayed up late, <laughs> too late watching, watching every, every minute of it. <laughs> It didn't end in the right way for those of us who are Boston natives. But what generally happens to energy levels as people age and what helps maintain energy? Well, it's interesting. 
you feel like you have less energy because you do. Okay. Your energy reserves, your exercise tolerance, how much you can do decreases with age. And you can go to the gym as much as you want. You will never get back to where you were when you were 20. And I oftentimes use the analogy to the Boston Marathon since we're talking about Boston. And there are people who win the Boston Marathon who are 20 years old and in that category. And there are people in the 80-year-old category and they win. But their times are quite different. And there is nobody who's going to be in better shape than that 80-year-old who ran the Boston Marathon. So you've got to get your expectations right for what you're going to do. But recognizing that, the body becomes a bit less efficient. The heart becomes less efficient. We tend to eat less as we get older. And in particularly, we eat less protein. So we have less fuel. All right. And food is fuel. As we get older, we use more of our energy reserves to do our everyday activities, whether that's walking, running, cleaning the house, whatever that may be. So what I would suggest is, one, in terms of your weight, worry more about being underweight than overweight. Okay, It's clear that people who are underweight are at greater risk, not just of dying, of having fractures and osteoporosis but of a number of other things. And their energy can be less. Being overweight is a strange thing in older people, and we're beginning to understand this more and more. So one thing that happens as you get older is you shrink. And we use this BMI all the time to tell us if we are overweight, obese, very obese, okay? And the way the the fraction is, height is on the bottom and weight is on the top. So if you lose weight, you are, lose height, your BMI is going to go up. And we don't know what that means for older people compared to what their BMI was most of their lives. But we do know that people who fit in the overweight category or the simple obese category, not the very obese, actually have the same life expectancy, okay, and the best life expectancy for older people. If your weight is interfering with your being able to do something, if you have sleep apnea, if you've got arthritis, if you're huffing and puffing when you're walking, okay, then you should lose weight because that's a good reason. But other, don't just lose weight because you think thin is better. It's not. The protein is really important and you need to check with your doctor because some people's kidneys and livers will not take extra protein. But if they do, when you're exercising, you'll make more muscle and your strength will be better if you do it when you're eating more protein. Okay. And then the other thing I would say is review your medications with your doctor because some medications cause fatigue. And then the last thing I guess I would say is don't be a couch potato, something we all got into during the pandemic. And what happens is that we start losing muscle mass and we lose more than you lose just by getting older. And that starts a bad cycle. Because then you have less energy, then you do less, then you eat less, then you know it just goes around and around. So moving is another use it or lose it. You've got to get up and do something. Key point that I took away in your book, Honest Aging, is that we all age differently. And you give many examples in the book of changes that could be considered, quote unquote, normal aging versus red flags that would require attention. Could you give us a few examples of normal aging and red flags that might warrant attention. 
I certainly can. I think I would start by saying normal is a relative word, okay? So we think of normal as more than 50% of people it happens in. And there are some things that happen to more than 50% of older people that should be treated, okay? So 90% of 90-year-olds have high blood pressure. When I was in training, we didn't treat that. We thought we would cause strokes by lowering the blood pressure too much. What we found out when the studies were actually done is that we decreased strokes, we decreased heart attacks, we decreased heart failure, okay? So just because it's normal, okay? There are normal memory problems. It's harder to learn new things. I think we all know that. You got to go over it more and more. You got to write it down somewhere. That's part of normal aging. You can't remember things, do things in your head as well as you're used to calculating tips. I mean, I'm so grateful now that when you go to the restaurant, they give you the tips. Okay. So there are things that happen with your memory that are absolutely normal for age. You know, we call them senior moments. The way that I think about the difference between this and the beginning of dementia is dementia is a problem with storing new information. So if you got new information, you learned it. And even if you can't remember it right at the moment you need it, that actually has a medical term, the tip of the tongue phenomenon. If you have that, okay, but you get the word later or somebody gives it to you and you keep it. All right. And you can get it again. That is not dementia. If you can't store the word, then there's a problem and need to start figuring out what it is. So that's one. Sleep disturbances. We're all lighter sleepers as we get older. We're awakened by sounds and activities that didn't bother us when we were younger. So you still need the same amount of sleep, whether you're younger or older. That is a myth that older people need less sleep. We just are less able to get it, okay? It takes a little more. So keeping the bedroom cool, dark, okay? Things like that, not exercising right before you go to sleep are very helpful. But if you're so tired during the day that you constantly fall asleep watching TV or you have to take a few naps during the day, it could be a sign of sleep apnea, which occurs more often in older adults. So you need to get that checked out if you're falling asleep during the day. Our appetites get smaller. Our food intake decreases. We tend to feel less hungry after eating. We feel more full. But if you start losing weight and you're not planning to, or you feel full after eating just a small amount, that could be a sign that you have a condition that needs to be evaluated. And then the last is going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So this is normal. <laughs> it, it happens to almost everyone, even people without prostates, women. Okay. And it's because nature can be unkind. So there is a hormone that you put out called antidiuretic hormone. And diuretic, diuresis means that you urinate. Okay. If it's antidiuretic, then you don't urinate. And when you are younger, that hormone works at night much more than during the day. And as you are older, there's a flip. So you're up more times at night. That being said, it's not always normal. So it should be checked out to see what's going on. And a lot of times the question is, did you get up and then go to the bathroom because you were awake? Or did you need to go to the bathroom and that's why you woke up? 
So that's an important question to try and figure out. But there are also a number of things that you can do in terms of when you drink your fluids, what you do before you go to bed, if your legs are swollen, what medications you're taking, that could be the reason that you're up as many times a night as you are. So those are just a couple of examples. You mentioned ageism before, and it's an unfortunate reality, and some people even encounter it with their healthcare providers. What would you recommend older adults look for and look out for if they're looking for a new doctor? Well, you know, looking for a new doctor is common as you get older. You outlive your doctors. So it does become a problem. I think your gut feelings are a good place to start. So how do, how do they speak to you? Are they condescending? Are they patronizing? If somebody's in the room with you, which oftentimes there is, okay, are they talking to that person instead of you? Are they talking to their computer instead of you? Okay. Are they not making eye contact with you? So I think those are all things that it's easy to realize when somebody's paying attention when they're not. The other thing I have people tell me a lot is that they feel like they're being blown off. Okay. They're not being really listened to or their concerns aren't being taken seriously. You know, you have something that's really bothering you, and they say it's because of your age. And I actually had a, I put this in the book, I had a patient who was 93, he was still working, he was an editor, and he took the New York City subways down to his office. And he was having trouble coming back up, okay, because his knees were hurting. And we sent him to an orthopedist, And the orthopedist said, what do you expect? You're 93. And then she said back to him, my left knee is also 93, and it feels great. So I think you have to realize that it's really important that you have somebody who understands that there are things that change with aging. That's critical, because if they didn't understand that, you wouldn't get the care that you need. Okay, But at the same time, they don't overdo it. I want to thank you for making us a lot smarter about aging and this book, Honest Aging, an insider's guide to the second half of life. As I mentioned before we started recording, something I'm going to keep handy as a guide. It's really comprehensive. It's great examples, great resources in there. So thank you for all that. Thank you very much. It's been nice talking with you. Same here. Thanks. So the real key to these conversations is taking action. So here are two ideas to highlight. Number one, what are your beliefs about getting older? Dr. Leipzig mentions a number of misconceptions and myths about aging. Take a look at your beliefs. It's worth doing. Take a step back and look at what are some of your beliefs? What are some of your assumptions about getting older? And does this conversation change them in any way? Here's a reason why that's worth doing. You may remember a podcast conversation I had with Dr. Becca Levy at Yale. There's a link to it in the show notes. And just to mention that Dr. Leipzig also references her work in her book, Honest Aging. She found that those who have a positive attitude towards aging live on average seven and a half years longer. Number two, what do you want to be doing now that you'll wish you did and be glad you did 10 years from now? She highlighted a number of things in her answer to my question around that. And it's a familiar list. Exercise, sleep, diet, brain health, heart health, the list goes on. But what's the area or two for you that you want to focus on? Consult your physician or a medical professional, but develop a plan. Start small and get going. 
Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to the show notes so you'll never miss an episode. We publish usually once a week and once or twice a month, we'll have a bonus episode. You can also subscribe to a monthly newsletter, free, no obligation, cancel any time on our website, retirementwisdom.com. Thanks for listening. 